0: Russell Brand built his name on The Shock Factor, using his sexual exploits as punchlines and making offensive jokes on live television and radio for years. It made him famous. Now the comedian, presenter and actor has been accused of sexual assault and rape between 2006 and 2013. Allegations he denies. Today, senior contributor at Forbes magazine, Danny De Placido on the accusations against Brand, his conspiracy theories and his massive social media fan base. And a warning this episode contains allegations of sexual assault.
1: Hello there you awakening wonders now this isn't the usual type of video we make on this channel where we critique attack and undermine the news in all its corruption because in this story i am the news
0: danny we're hearing there from russell brand this is a video he put out on social media before the allegations against him had even been aired but amidst this Litany of astonishing,
1: rather baroque attacks are some very serious allegations that I absolutely refute.
0: And I want to come back to that video and unpack that a bit more soon with you. But on the allegations against him, these were uncovered after a really lengthy investigation by Channel 4 and The Times in the UK. Just remind me what these allegations are, they're pretty serious.
2: So five women, I think by my count, have come forward to accuse Russell Brand of sexual assault, emotional abuse, controlling, very manipulative behavior. One of the women alleges that she dated Brand when she was 16 years old and she, in hindsight, feels like he groomed her. And one of the women has accused Brand of outright rape.
0: And these allegations relate to a period from the early 2000s to 2013. And that was really when Brand was at the height of his fame. And, I mean, when you look back at it at that time, the things he was saying then, it was really extraordinary, wasn't it? Some of the clips, when you look back on them now, it's like, wow, (laughs) the things he got away with saying.
2: I think people forget how much ambient sexism was in the air before Me Too. If you look back on old clips, not just of Russell Brand, they're kind of all over the place. You see TV hosts acting creepy and inappropriate towards the female celebrities that they're interviewing, especially in the UK. I don't know how it was in Australia. It was all about comedians pushing boundaries and seeing how far they could go. Offending people was kind of the point. And I think Russell Brand fit very neatly into that era.
0: He sure did. He was on The Late Show with David Letterman in 2008.
1: I'm so well dressed, people think he must be gay. No, no, don't. Look at his wonderful haircut, he must be gay. (laughs) Look how sensitive and vulnerable he is, he must must be gay. gay. That's right. That means women feel safe around me, Uh they trust me, then bang, pregnant, bang,
0: pregnant, bang, pregnant! Then there was that interview with the disgraced BBC presenter Jimmy Savile.
1: It'd be very nice to meet you one day, Mr Jimmy Savile, just, you know. if you've got a sister, you could meet me by bringing her along.
0: That was broadcast on the BBC in 2007 where they laugh as Russell Brand offers up a naked personal assistant to give Savile a massage. You could
2: send her along to do some research.
1: Would you like her to wear anything in, in particular to
0: Jimmy?
2: I'd actually prefer her to wear nothing.
1: Right, so you want my assistant to meet you naked okay well that's that's not gonna be that's not gonna be a problem
2: certainly that discussion with jimmy savile is incredibly disturbing in hindsight considering how much of a monster savile was
0: and he's even had encounters with well-known australian journalists here like fifi box on channel (laughs) seven come on
1: oh oh my god he's kissing you,
0: Everything's
2: OK, you, isn't you, it? You, yes, you're very good. You a lot of heat.
0: I know. It seems extraordinary, doesn't it, that we really weren't complaining more loudly back then about the things he was saying. You know, he had this really big successful career, didn't he, with big media companies like Channel 4 and the BBC.
2: He did. He was all over the place. And I think, I guess, at the time, that was seen as part of his appeal, that he was, wasn't afraid to be kind of bold and to push the envelope. I, I do think a lot of what he said was written off as a joke.
0: Right, Danny, so let's return to this video that he posted before the allegations were actually aired. It's actually this video being viewed almost 70 million times, 70 million. ...pastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny
1: makes me question, is there another agenda at play? Particularly when we've seen
0: coordinated media attacks before. In it, he really targets the mainstream media, doesn't he?
2: First of all, he just denied all of the allegations outright. Mm-hmm. He, he emphasizes that he used to be very promiscuous. He claims that all of his sexual encounters were consensual.
1: Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too
2: transparent. And it admits that he was kind of pre-warned in a letter from what he refers to as the mainstream media. So he, he very kind of clearly frames these allegations in this video as like... He hints that he's come close to some kind of forbidden truth, and he's being deliberately taken down. He, he framed the allegations, he said un, there seems to be another agenda at play. He compared himself to Joe Rogan and said there was coordinated media attacks against Rogan. Uh, he said there was a seems to be a, uh, an effort to control his voice, pointed at the camera and kind of you know telling his audience that they are trying to control your voice, kind of bringing them in. With them, at least
1: it feels to me like there's a serious and concerted agenda to control these kind of spaces and these kind of voices. and I mean my voice along with your voice.
0: Yeah, and he had some immediate support from really big names, almost agreeing with him that there was some sort of agenda to destroy his success. You know Elon Musk, Andrew Tate, Donald Trump Jr. They're all kind of backing him.
2: Yeah, so I I think the list of his supporters says a lot. You know, Andrew Tate, the guy has been charged with rape and human trafficking. He teaches his young followers to, you know, not to treat women well. You've got Elon Musk, who's been accused of sexual misconduct. He's taken a huge right-wing tilt lately. There's Tucker Carlson, a huge voice on Fox News for years. You've got Alex Jones, huge conspiracy theorist. All these kind of right-wing figures are instantly kind of jumping on and kind of agreeing with Russell Brand's definition that he was kind of taken down deliberately because he had come close to the supposed truth.
0: Yes, some sort of truth. OK, so let's have a look further then, Danny, at this response to these allegations from Russell Brand that the mainstream media is after him. And to understand that, we need to understand that he has a huge following... On social media, doesn't he?
2: Yeah. I mean, Russell Brand has 6.6 million on YouTube alone. Oh, gosh. On Twitter, he's got more than 11 million. He's still got a, a TikTok channel. He's got 2.3 on there. So, you oh, know, shit. he's got you know millions of followers all spread around. YouTube seems to be his big one.
0: And he's made a shift, hasn't he, over maybe the past nine years from the mainstream media, so the BBC, which he actually had to resign from because of another controversy from Channel 4, that that sort of mainstream media to YouTube, to Instagram. And now he's really a voice against mainstream media. Just explain what's he up to there.
2: Yeah, well, kind of, you know, I mean, he's not on television really anymore, but I, I would make the argument if you are a YouTuber with millions of followers, I don't see why that's not mainstream media. This is how people consume content nowadays. Yeah. So the fact that he's always so keen to to establish himself as outside of the mainstream, I just, I don't agree with that definition. The way he kind of postures against the mainstream is by, he, he makes a lot of correct assessments about the state of the world. And he kind of hijacks Marxist ideas, but he turns it into like a vague kind of anti-establishment posturing. Mm-hmm. ...with no class analysis.
1: ...industrialized meat. I am pro-freedom. I am pro-you making your own choices for your family and your diet.
2: He just kind of says we should do something about this. We should do something about the inequalities of the world, of government control and overreach, of uh, the bad food we eat. Like things that everyone can agree with. And then he kind of vaguely hints at solutions, but doesn't really give any, and then spends most of his time amplifying kind of far-right conspiracy theories, interviewing like big right-wing figures... So he's kind of doing this like half-ass leftism, but really it's just repackaged you know, YouTube conservatism.
1: Why don't we give centralized authority to some lab-grown meat, lab-grown fruit, patented seeds, unelected powerful entities that have been half-regulated by other unelected entities that they also fund? This seems to me to be a further advance of globalism that's plainly taking us in the wrong direction. There isn't-
2: Personally, I always kind of got the impression Russell Brand believes in nothing. And then he kind of leans into what he thinks yeah. his audience wants to hear him say.
0: Police, Danny, are now investigating some allegations and more women have actually come forward with complaints... His former employees, the BBC and Channel 4, they've been under pressure too, haven't they? They've had to take some action.
2: That's right. I, I saw that um, there's been an investigation within the BBC of how all this conduct was handled. I saw that TikTok channel might be on the way to demonetization, but I'm not 100% sure if that will happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I don't really know. I don't know. I think Russell Brand can kind of hang on. Right. Especially because he's not been banned from YouTube.
0: Right. He's not been banned from YouTube, but YouTube has cut him off financially. And some of his live shows have been postponed. So it's costing him in some way, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's costing him. I mean, I think he can afford it, but it doesn't really matter if YouTube cuts him off financially. He's He's got more than 6 million subscribers on there. That's a pretty broad reach. So really, he just needs YouTube to communicate to his audience. To ask them for money, to ask them to donate to him directly. He's on Rumble too, which is an alternative YouTube rival, which is much mm. more uh, relaxed when it comes to content moderation. Russell Brand, I believe, has about 1.6 million followers on Rumble. So he's still he's still going to be around, especially if YouTube doesn't ban him, which I don't. So far, they've said that his content is not harmful. Right. But if he's there, he can still he can make money from his crowd. He can still be relevant.
0: So despite accusations of problematic behaviour and different controversies over many years, Russell Brand still has a strong fan base. Danny, what does this all say about our culture, I think, about his enduring popularity on these social media platforms? What does it tell us?
2: It says a lot about how divided people are when it comes to the social norms changing. A lot of people have, have kind of rejected efforts to be more, you know, Inclusive, the fact that your know, people like Brand can frame themselves as a victim of a conspiracy and being silenced, that's pretty dangerous. There's a possibility that he will stay and continue to be an influencer in some form or another. I think it really comes down to whether YouTube bans him or not.
0: Danny D. Placido is a senior contributor at Forbes magazine. If this episode has raised any issues for you, you can call 1-800-RESPECT. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald, Nell Whitehead, Sam Dunn and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. Over the weekend, catch this week with James Glenday be looking at relations between India and Canada after the alleged assassination of a Sikh leader in British Columbia. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening.